Welcome to another edition of JB's Driving Podcast. This is part two of Die Hard. Really enjoyed part one. Hope you enjoyed part two. We're picking off, picking up where Bruce Willis had just called in a fire alarm, which was quickly dismissed by Hans and his group of professional thieves. We're going to pick it up right there. We will talk to you on the other side. So Hans sends up Carl's brother to take a look at what's going on upstairs to track down um, their friend McLean. Yeah, who set off the alarm on the 37th floor. And then it's when uh, John's hiding hiding behind a uh, stack of plywood and Carl's brother, the Swedish dork, starts looking for him through the entire... And then they eventually get into a tussle, um, which ends up with them falling down a set of stairs. Yeah. And Swedish guy breaks his neck. Yeah, basically, McLean's got him kind of like a neck, you, you know, like a, got him around the neck. And when they go down the stairs, he ends up breaking this Swedish ski instructor's neck. And this is important is uh, this enables McLean to finally get a walkie-talkie. Yeah. And a machine gun. No. No, and some supplies. Meanwhile, downstairs... Uh, also, he tries his, McLean tries his, the shoes on of a six foot five Swedish yeah. guy, and they are too small for him. Yeah, that makes no sense Ma- whatsoever. Makes that no- dude is huge. Yeah. Yet, but somehow he's got like size five shoes. I I, I don't get that at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make sense at all. Stunt double in uh, that they that John they use for John McLean in this movie. Mm-hmm. Look nothing like Bruce Willis nothing. whatsoever at, at all. Like you can tell, and they managed to get profile shots of his face a couple times. And it's this scene in particular, and then later on when he's fighting with Carl, uh, that you can really, really see it. Uh, this is when he sent down the uh, yeah, yeah. he sent Carl's brothers down in the elevator, mm-hmm. and he's sitting there talking to. Marco or Franz, I don't know which one it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's giving up everybody's name, and John's writing it down on his arm. That's, that's what right, I. Yeah. That's what I meant that's, by that. Okay, yeah. that's what you meant by that. So yeah, yeah. Sorry about he's that. He's listening to the walkie talk about all this in, uh, information he's getting. I wrote this up like six days ago. That, so that's that's okay. <laughs> so, and this is very important because when he sends down uh, Carl's dead Swedish brother on this sweatshirt, it says, "Now I have a machine gun." Ho ho ho! Christmas movie. Yeah, yeah, but it's Christmas movie. now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. It's funny. Bruce Willis actually wrote on top of a real elevator for the shot. Huh. He actually, not a stunt double, him. Yes. Well, I mean, but I think it's fairly safe. It, 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 you know, I don't think that there's really a whole hell of a lot of things that can go wrong riding on top of an elevator. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you're at the very top. You know what I mean? Yeah, when you get smashed. I mean, I'm not advising people to go try it, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I think yeah. it's fairly, you know, it's not safe. an extreme sport. So that's when Bruce goes. I'm sorry, McLean goes up to the uh, the roof to try to contact the police again using the walkie-talkie, which he got from Carl's brother. <laughs> he does stop on his way up to see a poster where there's some titties. Yes, uh, Good for him, which which shows up like a couple times in the movie. I, I guess it's just a frame of reference to give them like a point of where perspective of where they're at in in the building. I don't know. I never understood that scene. It's a great scene. Other than it being like a little funny. A little funny. So as he's he's getting in touch with uh the police station who are just incompetent. 
Attention, whoever you are. This channel is reserved for emergency calls only. No fucking shit, lady! Do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? Just they're they are forceful yes. against <laughs> everything he's he's the information that he's being get, that, that he's given them. Just no, 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 no. This is a private channel. You know, you should be doing this. And Hans is listening to this as well, right? They're they're yeah. They can hear everything that's going on, sir. This is a private line. No fucking shit, lady. <laughs> Do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? Which, by the way, that's actually in all the trailers. That's one of the only lines that's in all the trailers. Oh, okay. I mean, he doesn't say no fucking shit, mm-hmm. but he's like, does it sound like I'm ordering a pizza? Mm. Mm. Um, but it's in all the trailers. Cause I watched all the trailers. I watched all a bunch of outtakes and everything I could get my hands on before we did this. Obviously that's what we tend to do. That's what we do. Um, <clears throat> anyway. Yeah. You're uh, And that's when, um, Al Powell's car. Al, Al Al Powell is listening to this when he's in a, in a uh, like a dash in or something. Well, he no no no. He's not listening. And they called. They said uh, uh, eight Lincoln. Well, no. He actually said, "Is anybody near Nakatomi Plaza?" And he replies, eight Lincoln thirty. Uh, I'm you know right down the street. Uh, you know, and he she says, "Can you do a drive by?" Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, "Okay," but. I, I wrote down 8, Lincoln 30, but I, I don't know if that was any kind of... I never got a chance to research if that was like a reference to something or anything else, but I thought it was kind of weird that... They the, actually... The 8L30, the 8, Lincoln 30. I, di- I, didn't, I just didn't know, so I wrote it down, but I, I never got a chance to uh, look it up. Okay. So, oh, whatever. well, whatever. But simultaneously, when this is going on, when Al's getting the, the, the call... Uh, Han sends up another. He dispatches another few people from his terrorist group. Yeah, two two <laughs> nameless uh, terrorists, and then of course Carl. Uh, Carl, um, the uh, so Carl thinks he's a badass is walking across the helicopter pad, um, stalking him while the other two are just directly chasing him down like this little pathway on the side of the. <laughs> The helicopter pad. Mm-hmm. Um, when he finally gets a clear shot at him, he completely misses him. It's, <laughs> it was He's just like nonsense. All the aim of the predator, right? You know, it, it just didn't. There was just, it was just complete nonsense to have that scene of him walking across the helipad. And all this gunfire ensues, and that's when Al looks out the window and sees this gunfire on top of the, the tower. Correct. Which well, draws his yes. He, but it looks like lights, but it definitely is them shooting back and forth. That's, but he, uh, he, I guess it looked kind of like lights on top of the building. Mm-hmm. But he decide, he goes ahead and he does, you know, he drives up to go talk and he, you know, ends up talking to Huey Lewis. But that's, yeah. a, that's a minute from now. A minute from now. And then, um, so John McClane manages to escape with the help of his machine gun using it as kind of like an anchor down a vent. Well, yeah, he goes down. He goes down this room, and there's a big fan. He's got to use the machine gun to stop the fan. He gets through the fan and then pulls it out, so he keeps the terrorist guys from following him that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he finds um, instead of going down the elevator shaft, which he could have easily done, he decides that he's going to go into a vent system, mm-hmm. and he uses the machine gun once again to hold his entire weight entire weight. His entire <laughs> as, weight. He, as he kind of repels down to uh, an open vent below him, you know, over this, 
you know, bottomless pit that's below him. I, it just, just it may, there's like yes. this seems excessive to do this. <laughs> Very excessive. I think he would be better off trying just, to shoot the, yes. this terrorist as they come. Yes. Instead, he chooses this is the easier way. Life, yes. So uh, as he goes through all this nonsense, he you know he ends up jumping down and managing to get into the vent after he misses with the with the machine gun. He doesn't lose the machine gun. Machine gun. What's funny is the if you notice the scene, he the first one he tries to grab, he misses, slides down a few, and and grabs onto one. That was actually a mistake on the stunt double. Oh, okay. But they kept it in there regardless. Yeah, well, but the the fact is is that that would have probably sliced right through his fingers, wouldn't it? I I, I am not an HVAC guy. Yeah, I, I don't know. But whatever, whatever. So he finally gets into the goddamn vent. So after all this, and he's now escaped, his dumbass has to open up the lighter. Yes. Flick yes. it so he can make a comment. Come out to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. Yeah. We'll get together. It's like, why? But, but there was just, you know, so it immediately gives away his position to yeah, Carl. Because they... So they, all that was for nothing. Not, not, nothing. Carl <laughs> looks down. And here's another thing. Based off of the position, he's able to identify exactly which air vent he would be in. Yes. Because yeah. he's an engineer of the building. Which room, which floor, yeah. which room, and which vent he would be in. Mm-hmm. Yes, Carl immediately goes to that room. Yeah, they do. And they start shooting the air vents up, and McLean's all... Uh, he's in the one vent yeah, the over. One vent, yeah, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, he shoots said, up every single piece of the vent except, except for the for, one that, yes. that he's on. Yes. Um, then, as you said... Sergeant Al Powell shows up, and Huey Lewis with his Texan accent. Posing as security guard. Not nothing's going on here. I'm watching his football game. Come on, I got 50 bucks bet on them assholes. And as Al starts to leave, he's singing a Christmas song. Because he kind of looked around really quick. He said, screw with this. I'm out of here. Yeah. Nothing going on here. Yeah. Meanwhile, upstairs, McLean ends up taking out two more, t- two yeah. more disposables. Yeah. He takes out those two easily. And notices that um, there's a police car out front, correct? Yes. Al's car is sitting right in front of the building. So uh, he sees that Al is <clears throat> uh, nothing to see here. So he's getting ready to leave. Uh, so he's like, uh, John says, fuck this shit and throws Marco out the window. Marco goes out the window and lands smack dab on Al's car. Yeah. The (laughs) odds of that happening have got to be astronomically high, but even beyond that, how the fuck did he, when did the window open? It's not like you can open a window and throw him out. It's amazing. The, the, the core strength that he has to throw him out the window. It's, Amazing. you know, it, so there's a lot of like little tiny things that you can nitpick on this, but uh, he throws him out the window. He lands perfectly on the front of the car, not on top of the car, which would have killed Al, would have killed Al. but just in the front of the car, not enough, even though, you know, it, he's got to weigh what? I don't know, almost 200 pounds, maybe even a little more than 200 pounds. He's falling from 36, uh, you know, 360 feet in the air mm-hmm. uh, and lands on the front of a car which is still able to drive backwards away from the building <laughs> as it's getting hailed with bullets. Uh, 
bit, uh, you know, bit, bit unbelievable. Bit, bit, bit unbelievable. No. Uh, so then, of course, you get the welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party, pal. And meanwhile, Argyle's uh, talking on the phone while all this shit's going on in the background. I thought that was a Yeah, but at least then he has the music up loud mm-hmm. so you, you don't, so he's not hearing it, which is believable, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Enter uh, my good friend, William Atherton. Bill, I'm a dick Atherton, uh, playing Richard Thornburg, Thornburg, who is a swarmy news anchor who hears, uh, something. hears that something is going on at the Nakatomi Plaza, and he demands a van from his, because he, from his, I don't know, manager, I don't know what the hell that guy would be called, I, Dur- I, you know, news director. Yeah. Um, who's like, you know, go fuck yourself. But eventually he's like, I'm going to quit. Okay. Give him a van, whatever. Uh, you know how he's the only one that even knows that there's a story going on. There is amazing, but whatever. (laughs) So then we move on. Uh, and John has now, um, he's, he, he has another conversation with, with Hans on the stolen walkie talk. You have me at a loss. You know my name, but who are you? Just another American who saw too many movies as a child. Another orphan of a bankrupt culture who thinks he's John Wayne, Rambo, Marshall Dillon. I was always kind of partial to Roy Rogers, actually. I really like those sequined shirts. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Kaye. Go ahead. No, go ahead, man. No, I want you to have this role. This is this is this is one of the iconic. This is the icon, iconic uh, line in the entire movie. Oh, so he, yeah. So he, he more or less he's. I always thought of myself more like Roy Rogers, and uh, he's like, "Do you really think <laughs> that you can win?" And McLean's like, "Yippee Kaye, motherfucker." So it, which which I actually enjoy. The second time it said by Hans, yeah. <laughs> more than I enjoyed John McClane saying yep. it, but it's just, it is, it's a great line. Um, and of course it's, it's gotta be one of the most recognizable lines from any movie ever. Yes, I would say it is, it is uh, number 96 on the greatest movie lines of all time. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. That's yes. pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So there you go. Then we have some newsroom hilarity going on after this. Um, Oh, well, yeah, well, that's just the uh, the scene where William Atherton's just kind of getting into an argument and uh, the anchor um, overhears him and, and he says something to him and, and they just looks like an idiot and is sidetracked, but I don't remember anything else than that. Okay. So then, that's the, then the next scene is after uh, they introduce each other over the walkie-talkies. I'm sorry. Let me skip back over this. So that's when um, Sergeant Al and uh, McLean start talking to each other over walkie-talkies. It's very important to establish this relationship. And he's like, what can I call you? Just call me Roy. Right. I throw back to Roy Rogers. Right. And then on top of that, he's giving them all of the information that he has. Like, there's 12, you know, terrorists, and they're all the people are on the 30th floor, and blah, blah, blah. So yeah. that's... He's kind of giving them all the information up front so that he's like, okay, you guys can take over now. Yep. And then uh, Dwayne Robinson 
who is uh, Sergeant Al Superior, shows up in his typical stereotypical ta- pa- uh, pattern. He is going to take over everything, right? Right, and then, and like Joey said before, when you are introduced to Al Powell, the first thing you see him is, is he's buying all these Twinkies. The guy at the convenience store is making fun of him for buying Twinkies, and you know it's obvious that he's fat, and he's like, "Oh, I'm buying them for the wife." It's it's just a little bit of you know comic relief here and there. Then of course Paul Gleason shows up. And he's constantly, you know, now that they've formed a relationship between Al Powell and John McClane, they shift that. Mm-hmm. They shift that that comedic uh, undertone to the character away from him and put it on Paul Gleason and start making Paul Gleason look like an idiot. I think that this was perfect because it built the characters up yeah. one by one. It does. Even, you know, Paul Gleason doesn't have much of a character past this. Mm-hmm. But even at the end, when he gets his one little dig in on the FBI guys, so that I mean, it's it's great how yeah. they kind of uh, build up the characters one by they one. Pass that torch of of comedy. So at this point, Dwayne decides that they're going to breach the building with an with an armored car. Um, Meanwhile, Argyle, the limo driver, realizes what's going on. Finally, realizes. Yeah, he's up. he's watching. They have a TV in the car. This car has got to be the best car ever. It's, it had a a car phone. It had a television in it. Mm-hmm. Like this is one of the most decked out limos from 1988 or whatever. Whatever. The, whenever the hell it was filmed, this has got to be one of the most decked out limos I've yes. ever seen. So he realizes what's going on and he tries to escape, but he realizes all the underground garage uh, a- exits are in fact locked. Yes, they're all closed down. And now, and now here we go. This guy, Al Long, Al Al Young. Al Leong. Al Leong. I don't know how the hell it says it. He plays Uli in this particular movie. This dude, I love this guy. He's, he's the yes. one that has the really big, long, uh, uh, what do they call that? Fu Manchu type. Fu Manchu. I think that's what it's called, where, yes. it's, where it's got the mustache that goes down yes. the sides. Fu Manchu, and he's got um, a skull it, too. Yeah, yeah. So this, I love this guy. I absolutely yes. love this guy. He shows up. Just in the weirdest places in 80s and 90s movies, mm-hmm. uh, he always plays kind of like a ninja or, you know, like a, in this case, a terrorist. He's, he's, he's just a weird character that just kind of shows up in a lot of action films. But I love the guy, and mm-hmm. I love the fact that he's in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the first time you really kind of see him, and they're getting prepared for the cops to breach the building, and they... Uh, Huey Lewis is finally left behind the desk and he's hiding back a little ways. Yes. And that's when uh, um, Ori, uh, Uli, I'm sorry, Uli uh, comes down and gets behind... Like a snack bar? Like a snack bar type area <laughs> and he's, he steals a candy <laughs> steals bar a and candy starts bar. eating it, which is just kind of a weird aside to throw in <laughs> the middle of it. You know, he's all serious. He look, glances down, looks back up, glances down again and just reaches underneath the glass yeah. and just takes <laughs> it. It's just a weird little quirky thing, but it's funny. So the armored car starts charging in. Meanwhile, the terrorists... Uh, t- well, there's cops trying to open the, the front door. Okay, that's right. That's and right. they're not really getting through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the cops decide to send in the car. Mm-hmm. So uh, they send in this <clears throat> like almost like a, a tank-looking thing to go bust into the building. Well, the terrorists just like, fuck that nonsense, and they shoot the the car with a rocket launcher mm-hmm. blow, um, the up. blow the shit out of it and the cops are just like okay now the cops are in front of the door they're shot 
they're trying to get back. The car is on fire, and they're trying to retreat. Mm-hmm. And uh, John, you, you know, they're and Hans comes over the walkie-talkie, says, "Hit him again." Mm-hmm. And John McClane's just like, "Look, dude, they're you know, you proved your point. Let him back off." Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Hans replies with, "I'll take it under advisement. Hit it again." <laughs> Then he fire off another rocket launcher. He shoots another rocket launcher, blows the shit out of the RV. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when John McClane gets pissed. He gets pissed, yeah. So he, at some point in time, when he killed um, the ski instructor, mm-hmm. he got the ski instructor bag. When he got the bag, the bag had a, a piece of C4 and a bunch of detonators. Detonators, yeah. Uh, it also had, like, some, smoke, uh, some cigarettes, but European cigarettes, which you know, clearly showed that these are not Americans. I don't know why that was important, but they put it in there. Put it in there. Uh, and then he had another weapon and something else. Uh, it was it was just a kind of a throwaway scene initially, but once you know now that you have all these detonators and you have the C4, you, you start to piece together something, something else is going on here. Something big. So he takes the C4, straps around a office chair, and then proceeds to throw it down the elevator shaft. <laughs> so uh, the 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 C four detonates the entire elevator. Big explode. I mean, just huge explosion. And apparently, they the 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 film they bought every high powered camera flash bulb in L A um, to simulate this explosion. And oh, okay. For a while there, they couldn't. If you live in L A, you couldn't find that type of flash bulb. Huh. Yeah, interesting shit, isn't it? Um, so then Dwayne du- berates John for blowing up the building. Dwayne. <laughs> Dwayne. Du- so, uh, yeah, originally uh, he's talking to Al, and Al's like, our spotters say that you got two with that blast. And then Dwayne <laughs> takes over. He's just like, and he starts giving him shit. Uh <clears throat> There's glass. All we're all covered with glass. And John's just like glass. Who gives a fuck about glass? <laughs> now you listen to me, Mister. I don't know who in the hell you think you are or what you're doing, but you just destroyed a building. Now we do not want your help. Is that clear? We don't want your help. I've got a hundred people down here, and they're covered with glass. Glass? Who gives a shit about glass? Who the fuck is this? This is Deputy Chief of Police Dwayne T. Robinson, and I am in charge of this situation. Oh, you're in charge? Well, I got some bad news for you, Dwayne. From up here, it doesn't look like you're in charge of jack shit. You listen to me, you little asshole. I'm a- Asshole? I'm not the one who just got butt-fucked on national TV, Dwayne. <laughs> Put the other guy on the... I'm not the one that just got butt-fucked on national television. <laughs> You actually sound like them there. You actually sound like them there. Class. Class. So, so Hans is all upset now. And here's, here's an iconic scene from Die Hard is when you have Ellis still all coked up. He's like, I'm going to negotiate. Yeah. yeah, at this point, John McClane's just blown up half the fucking building. He's killed like five, six hostages, or, or not hostages, uh, terrorists at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cops have just like tried to get in, and they blew them up with a rocket launcher. Some they had to hear what was going on. Mm-hmm. These party goers had to hear what's going on. His response is, uh, 
I, I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's essentially his yeah, response. His response. I'm going to negotiate this. <laughs> it's gonna, everything's going to be fine. <laughs> all, all coked up. Hey, babe, I negotiate million-dollar deals for breakfast. I think I can handle this Euro trash. Hey, frequency talk, huh? He goes in there, you know, he's all leaning back on the chair, acting all... Oh, it's just glory. Big cock. <laughs> Big cock. Swinging it around. He's like, John, John, come on, man. <laughs> McLean has nothing. <laughs> he's like, Hans. He's going to kill you. <laughs> he's a terrorist. Let's be straight, okay? It's obvious you're not some dumb schmuck up here to snatch a few purses. Am I right? You're very perceptive. I watch 60 Minutes. I say to myself, these guys are professional. They're motivated. They're happening, i.e., they want something, huh? Now, personally, I couldn't care less about your politics. Maybe you're pissed off at the camel jockeys. Maybe it's the Hebes, Northern Ireland. It's none of my business. I figure you're here to negotiate. Am I right? You're amazing. You figured this all out already. <laughs> hey, business is business. You use a gun, I use a fountain pen. What's the difference? Let's put it in my terms. You're here in a hostile takeover. You grab us for some green mail, but you didn't expect some poison pill was going to be running around in the building. Am I right? Hans... Bobby, I'm your white knight. <laughs> Come on. And hold that whole conversation because he's just, he's just like, ah, I can give it to him. I can give him to you. Exactly. Hans, Booby. Booby. I can give him to you. And John has none. John, didn't you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Hey, John, I think you could get with the program a little, huh? The police are here now. It's their problem. Now, tell these guys where the detonators are so no one else gets hurt. You know, I'm putting my life on the line for you, pal. Ellis, listen to me very carefully. John. Shut up, Ellis. Just shut your mouth. Put Hans back on the line. Hans, this shithead does not know what kind of man you are, but I do. Listen. Good. Then you'll give us what we want and save your friend's life. You're not part of this equation. It's time you realized that. Hey. What am I, a method actor, Hans? Babe, put away the gun. This is radio, not television. Hans, this asshole is not my friend. I just met him tonight. I don't know him. Jesus Christ, Ellis, these people are going to kill you. Tell them you don't know me. <laughs> John, how can you say that after all these years, huh? John. John. Nope. And John's then, just like, fuck this shit. And then we just get to switch to the to the mannequin of, of uh, Ellis, and he gets his head blown off. Yes. <laughs> Thanks. That's a wonderful parting gift. Thank you for that. It's just, yeah, but then Dwayne's response is, he just let him die. <laughs> hey, what the fuck is he going to do? Seriously, what is he going to do in that situation? And so Hans gets on the walkie-talkie, starts telling Dwayne that he wants... Just a bunch of random terrorist groups. Yeah, yeah. As, I, I, my brothers in the South African something. blah, blah, blah. And just, I, he wants all these people released. And then Dwayne's like, who the hell are these people? <laughs> I don't know. What am I going to do about this? You've got 45 minutes. <laughs> and then and Carl's asking, like, are you insane or something? And uh, Hans is like, oh, it's a season of miracles or something along the lines of that. 
another Christmas. Uh, oh no, no, the the miracle thing was Theo. Oh, oh Theo. Theo was asking about um, how sorry. you know I'm through I'm through like four of the six seals, but you know once we get through them, the electromagnetics gonna kick in, and you know we're gonna need a miracle to get through that. That's okay. There you go. And he's like Theo. <laughs> This is the season for miracles. <laughs> now he's a leprechaun. Yeah. <laughs> but that's kind of how he sounded. <laughs> oh, oh, lucky oh. charms. Oh, you know, just, oh someone's lucky They're charms. magically delicious. <laughs> <laughs> so, so after, so after he's demand, Hans demands a bunch of people uh, being released from prison when it's going to happen. Willis and Denning go back. They kind of recap what's going on. Then we switch to the news. I thought it was... This, this news reporter, they're having the, uh, this broadcast with an author of a book called Hostage Terrorist. Terrorist, Terrorist Hostage. Hostage. <laughs> <laughs> that line is still one of the funniest lines. <laughs> About negotiating. As in Helsinki. Yeah. Ah, Sweden. <laughs> no. Finland. <laughs> yeah, the anchor's like, oh, as in, yeah, he's like, oh, it's like Sweden. And he's still showing like the, uh, the uh, aftermath of him being put down, he's just kind of stunned like doof- doofus newscaster. The, How the, the funny thing is, is this is one of the few outtakes from the movie. Like, I, you know, the, I don't know which ones that you can get it on. On the newest Blu-ray version, you can get these outtakes where they show them doing this scene over and over again. And she, the, the newswoman, is having the hardest time keeping a straight face through this whole thing. <laughs> And the the Helsinki dude, he can't get he can't form two sentences in a row. He's just a complete and total moron. I don't know where they got him from, but they just could have gotten anybody else because he was horrible. So anyway, enter Agent Johnson. This is- <laughs> and special Agent Johnson of the FBI. And they, and they introduce himself. Um, and the black, the black one says, uh, no relation. And they purposely had him say that because if the white guy said it, they, that they thought it would be racist. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. That's I why. Didn't, I, <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, but these guys, yeah, these guys are great. These guys are just super. You talk about two huge erect penises just crashing through a scene. It's like lighting everything on fire. Now, I don't recognize the black guy from anything else, but I do know that the white dude... Like, he ended up being... I think he ended up becoming a star because of this movie. Yeah. Like, he's, I think he ended up being the Wishmaster, actually. The Wishmaster? I think so. Um, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure that he ended up being the Wishmaster. You know, Wishmaster, one, two, three, four. <laughs> um, and he did a bunch of other stuff, too. But, he, you know, he was always kind of like a secondary character. But then he got the Wishmaster role and got yeah. kind of big for... Through the 90s. Uh, I don't know that he's still acting now. If he is, he's probably older by now, but whatever. Right. So um, the FBI, is, now they're taking over the, the entire uh, investigation, crime scene. And John... And, and, and essentially, now that, we, now that they've handed it off to Johnson & Johnson, uh, they are now the new... They are the comic relief. Comic relief. So whoever's in charge of the scene outside is the comic relief the comic of this relief, movie. Yeah, and they are beyond comic relief. So, up, so meanwhile, in Nakatomi Plaza, the tower, Hans is checking on. Hans is checking on uh, the explosive devices, and that's when he runs into McLean. Right. And this actually was improvised. <clears throat> they didn't have him rehearse the movie. I've just seen the movie all. They wanted to have an actual natural 
uh, interaction between the two. Oh, okay. And this is the first time that they actually interact face to face. Correct. Correct. Um, there's only two scenes with them face to face. It's this one, and then the end of the movie. Really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So Denning discloses to FBI that McLean. The, the Johnson Johnson that McLean is up there. There's the acid up there, and they just kind of roll over on there. Who's Denning? Be- Reginald Van Dalen, the, the Al Pal. Sorry. Al- oh, Al Pal. Okay, Pal. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Who the hell was so, Denning? There's a quick scene where he's, in, he's telling him McLean is up there. Right. Then they flash back. He's to, the reason we have all the information that we do. Correct. And then you flash back to uh, McLean and Hans, and Hans has this Texas accent. You know, he's trying to act all scared and all. Um, and that's when McLean discloses that he's a cop from New York, um, which surprises Hans, um, that he got the name. It's really important also to note that John starts testing him a little bit to see if, you know, he's who he is, who he says he is. Right. Right. And there was some edits and one of the edits of the movie was when we go flashback to when they were exiting the truck when Hans and the friends were exiting the truck, there was a scene that was cut out with them all synchronizing their tag hewers together. And in this scene that was cut out, John was able to identify him by the watch. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that was actually cut out of this scene. Oh, that would make a little more sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Instead of him just having an intuition that... Because he had real information. You know, he, yeah. he told him that he was a guy who actually worked in the building. So he had real information. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. So uh, Hans also noticed that, that John's not wearing shoes. Very yeah. important point. <clears throat> Which comes up in the next scene. The next scene. And John's all like, oh, one, you know how to use a gun, Hans? Or not Hans, or Bill, Bill something. That, yeah, I don't um, remember. Um, so he gives him over a gun, and as, as McLean's walking away, Hans goes in a walkie-talkie, speaks some German gibberish, which you find out is gibberish, and then points the gun at McLean. McLean turns around and finds out that the uh, gun he gave him on purpose was not did not have any bullets in it. Right. And just as McLean was about to get Hans, the terrorists show up. And you could have won awards with that accent. Yeah. Like that? No, that's what he says. Oh, he did on one. Yeah, yeah, sorry. So there's a big shootout, and that's when, as you said, Hans tells Carl to shoot out the glass, thereby forcing McLean to walk on broken glass. Right. But they do end up getting John's bag, including the detonators and the explosives. <clears throat> um, they end up going back. I don't think there's any other explosives. No. There's just detonators. Detonator, which they needed. Right. Um. So then they leave McLean behind, and they go back down to the office, uh, the uh, 34th floor, and Carl's visibly pissed. Yeah, he starts smashing shit. Starts smashing shit, and that's when Holly's like, oh, John McLean's still alive, or John's still alive. How do you know? He's still alive. He's, still, he's like, Why do, how do you know that? He can only, you know, he has to be. Only John oh, could th- piss somebody off that much. <laughs> that's right. Um. Meanwhile, the terrorists are still having trouble with the... Uh, well, Theo is still having trouble with the, the locks for the safe. Well, he, he, no, he actually just finally got through the sixth, oh, the lock, sixth lock, and the electromagnetic came down like a blah, 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 or something. I don't mm-hmm. remember exactly what he said. 
So now we have uh, John McClane, who's still upstairs. He's picking glass out of his feet in a in a in a bathroom, and he's having a good. This is a pretty good scene with him and, and Al going back and forth about each other. And Al tells him that he's a desk jockey because he shot a, a kid, um, which kept him from using his weapon for that one. Yeah, which is important. Um, and that's when he also Powell's also saying the FBI is in charge at this point. Uh, side note: this Yeah, because is, the lights go out while he's yeah. while they're talking, because the FBI is cutting the power, yeah, right? So yeah, so the so meanwhile we'll skip this. So FBI, they um, Johnson Johnson are like we're going to cut the power to the building. We're going to really we're going to really get them now. Yeah. Right after he said we're having trouble with the electronic like electromagnetic field, we're going we're going to show them. Yeah, the timing on that couldn't have been better. So they order they order the the power to be shut off. It shut off thereby the electromagnetic field goes, goes down. down. And this is a great scene because you have the vault being opened up. Hans and Theo are there. Then you have Ode the Joy just blaring. I mean, such a great... <laughs> but, uh, you know, what doesn't... I mean, y- y- you can just as easily point out it makes zero sense that the door just, just m- automatically opens, opens when there's back. no power to the building or nothing else. I mean, they, there's a lot of, like, conflicting, like, how what the fuck, dude? But fuck, dude, who man. cares? And Theo says, Merry Christmas. Meanwhile, on the outside, you have the FBI are going and down the stairs. Then he dances. <laughs> <laughs> he does that. That was one of the worst acted scenes in the movie, <laughs> by the way, where he goes in and he starts flipping them up and yeah. he makes that little weird laugh, laugh. thing. <laughs> it's like he just shit his pants. Um, yeah. and, and the FBI, Johnson Johnson, are going down the stairs. They're probably pissing their pants right now. Those bastards are probably pissing their pants right now. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, they're like Saul Braden. They used to, I mean, Tiernan, here's another thing. Tiernan um, wanted to use that classical music to create a sense of joy in the movie. Again, that's another reference of lightening it up a little bit, not using politics and the terrorists. He wanted to give a lightning feeling. Well, Ode to Joy is definitely that kind of song. But it also, even though it's not a Christmas song, it has a Christmas feel to it. Yes, it does. So it, it, it's kind of weird how that works out, but it, it does work both ways. Correct. So then the FBI, they, they want to... <laughs> yeah, their, their, their answer to the whole thing is, okay, now we, we cut the power, we let them sweat it out, and then we send in the helicopters. Down. We let them sweat for a while, then we give them helicopters right up the ass. Call surprises John, and they get into this... Uh, Big fight before John can tell the, tell the police that the roof is wired to explode. <clears throat> yeah, he was up there. He's looking at, and he sees that there's explosives everywhere. So he's like, ow, ow. And he goes to tell him, but then Carl comes up right behind him and sticks a gun to his head. And instead of just shooting him, yeah, he decides he's going to beat the crap out he's of beat him. The, beat the piss out of him. Which he does yeah. uh, quite, a, you know, quite a good job of beating the shit out of John McClane. <laughs> yes. 
at least initially. And then downstairs, Hans figures out <laughs> that Holly is John's wife. He sees the picture. Well, she, he sees her reacting to the uh, the TV mm-hmm. um, because on the TV is Lucy saying, "Come home," which took like seventy two takes. By the way, <laughs> did yes, <laughs> it, it took like it was a ridiculous amount of takes of her saying, "Come home." Um, but she's react. She reacts to that, and Hans picks up on it, and then immediately turns around and picks up the picture, yeah. which doesn't seem like it would correlate. Yeah. But now that he knows what John McClane looks like, now he knows that Holly is John's wife. So yes. yeah, it, it, that that's your piece together. Piece. That is your piece together. So he knows that John McClane's wife is right there in front of him, Come and he says, home. "Come here." You know, he he has he takes her hostage. Meanwhle, the FBI now now Johnson and Johnson are, are up in the helicopter and they're going back and forth. What do you figure? The breakage. Figure we take out the terrorists, lose 20, 25 percent of the hostages. Tops. I can live with that. Yeah, that's well, fine. It's fine. Losing twenty five percent of the hostages was fine just, to these I mean, guys. Just reminds me of Saigon. <laughs> I was in fifth grade, motherfucker. That's right. Reminds me of Saigon. It's just. I mean, they're just two gigantic erect penises just yes. wrecking everything. That's it. It's just, <laughs> just fucking their way through every scene is exactly what they were. <laughs> It's over the top. That's funny. And I'm watching. It's like, you're fucking kidding me. So Hans has all the party people forced upstairs while the helicopter's approached. Um, and John gets shot by Carl. Yeah, he gets shot, like, in the shoulder, but I don't, I don't think it was a bad shot. I think it was, like, just a graze or something mm-hmm. as he's going out the, as he's going out the, the, the door. door. Yeah. And you have, uh, I said, Hans has Holly hostage, and, 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 she, and she learns that they're just stealing the money. And Holly's like, after all this, you're just an ordinary thief? And Hans gets all pissed <laughs> off. After all your posturing, all your little speeches, you're nothing but a common thief. I am an exceptional thief, Mrs. McLean. And since I'm moving up to kidnapping, you should be more polite. <laughs> it gets up in her face. Does seem a bit over the top. It gets up in her face. I'm an extraordinary thief. <laughs> <laughs> don't give me the business of a kidnapping or something. So then flash to John and Carl, and this is when John finally finishes off Carl with, uh, with the, with the uh, chain and hangs his ass. Yeah, with the... Uh, oh, yeah. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to fucking cook you. I'm going to fucking eat you. That's what he says. Yeah, then he hangs him. And then he, yeah, and then he hangs him and slides down the the stairs mm-hmm. like, he, you know. Yeah. I don't even know how to describe that. Like a a young girl meeting the banister for the first time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> Once again, though, during that fight, you can see the stunt double looks zero. Zero, yeah. Zero, zero. like Bruce Willis. It's, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. So John then runs up to the roof, takes out Yuri, uh, Leon, as he gets up there. Yeah, Yuri's coming off the roof because he's just t- gotten all the hostages up on the roof, so he turns around to come down. And as soon as he comes through the door, John just puts like five bullets in him. <laughs> five bullets in him. And then he starts telling everybody to get down the get down out off the roof. It's been rigged. 
and start shooting his gun up in the air to get their attention. Meanwhile, uh, Saigon's still up in the uh, helicopter. Yeah! It's like fucking Saigon! And they see John shooting up in the air and think he's a terrorist and start shooting at him. Right. Um, so John jumps off the side of the building um, as, as the people are evacuating the upstairs or the roof, going back downstairs and uses a, a fire hose as, um, oh, Hans is about to blow up the roof. Well, yeah, Hans, so miss- Hans decides to blow the roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, while all the people were up there, and uh, at the John knows that the explosives are on the thing, and I guess because they're shooting at him, he can't get across to the exit. Mm-hmm. So he decides he's going to jump off the side of the uh, building, of the of the building, which the- goes all the way back to him not liking you know heights yes. and 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 not liking the fly and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, like, as, like we said from the get go, every kind of little piece of this, the, the Al Powell thing where he, the whole story about him shooting a kid and not being able to raise his gun. Of course that comes up later in the movie. Um, but it's, it's just one thing after another. They, they constantly did that kind they of stuff. They constantly did that. And, uh, as they set off the, as, as Han sets off the explosive, three things, two things happen. Bruce Willis jumps off the roof just in time, and the helicopter explodes. Right. Killing Saigon, Johnson, and Johnson. So Willis tumbles down the side of the building, ends up shooting out a, a, a window, so he's able to get into the building as he swings out and swings back forth with the, with the leverage of the, the rope. As he shoots out the glass, he gets in. The fire hose holder sails down and starts pulling and him starts out. Pulling him out. He's able to cut it just in time to save his ass. Right. Um, and then we switch to Dwayne. who's like, Holy Christ, we're going to need some FBI guys. I so can't. wait, wait a minute. I'm you sorry, you was... wrote something down about uh, a helicopter. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the helicopter flying around the building took about six months of preparation, but they only had two hours to film it. Um, it took three runs and nine camera crews. And everyone within the 500 feet of line of, of flight had to be an employee. Um, yeah. And uh, because McTiernan understood that there was a horrible accident on the Twilight Zone scene, he only did one take and called it off. Okay. Do you know, remember what scene they're talking about? I do not. Oh, okay. It was a big deal back then. That they came out, the Twilight Zone came out like a year or two before this. And mm-hmm. there's a scene um, where they're in... Vietnam, I think, and the helicopters flying by, and there was a crash and an explosion, and it killed a couple stunt people and a couple other people. So, no shit, I know. Um, yeah, so it was a big deal, and they were kind of backing away from using helicopters as much at that point in time. Not that they were going to stick with it; it was just kind of taboo at the time. Mm-hmm. But it passed, obviously. Oh, okay. No shit. <clears throat> no idea. No idea. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. interesting. It so. Uh, so then Theo um, is backing the ambulance out of that truck that, that we referenced earlier when there was no room for an ambulance. Right, At this right. time, they didn't realize that they were going to do this as a way to take all the, the money out of the, the building going on. Un- well, even if they're, let's just say for argument's sake that they had this in the, you know, this truck inside the truck like that. Mm-hmm. 
Where the hell would all the uh, terrorists be standing if there's a truck inside the truck? No idea. Exactly. So it just, it, you know, once again, just something you're not supposed to piece together, I guess. So meanwhile, John upstairs realizes he only has two bullets left, uh, but there are three terrorists. Yeah. Huey Lewis. Hans. And some other third guy who's outside getting stuff together for Theo, I guess. I don't even know. Somebody. Um, So Argyle sees the ambulance being um, backed out, and he crashes into the ambulance with Theo driving, gets out, and promptly knocks Theo out. Yeah. So this is the the big finishing scene. This is a great scene right here. I, I, and talking about a climax of a movie, I can't think of a better one of a big, better climax than this. Yeah. Um, John McClain walks in with a machine gun to where right, right before he does, he he ends up knocking the third terror. He waits for the third terrorist to come out, and as soon as he does, he knocks him out. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he walks in and, with Hans and Huey Lewis. Huey Lewis. Huey Lewis. With the gun tape behind his back. But you don't realize that yet. And there's some cowboys. Not that they didn't give you enough to piece it together. Not yet. When he I mean, they show the- you wrapping tape, which doesn't make any sense to be there in the first goddamn place, but wrapping tape. And he's got the, the bullets in his hand and he stares at it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they couldn't have <laughs> given yeah. you more hints that it was coming. Yeah, no, no, no hints. So... So he goes there with the machine gun, and Hans puts his pistol to Holly's face, uh, Holly's temple, and Huey Lewis is just standing there. This is mine. You got me. Still the cowboy, Mr. McLean. Americans all alike. Well, this time John Wayne does not walk off into the sunset with Grace Kelly. It's Gary Cooper, asshole. Enough jokes. You made a pretty good cowboy yourself, Hans. Oh, yes. What was it you said to me before? yippee Kaye, motherfucker. <laughs> he, I, I see, I think he may actually say motherfucker, but the, the truth of it is it always comes across. How did, how did you say? yippee Kaye, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah, that's the way it always sounded to me, so he might actually say fucker, but Fuck. it always came across as motherfucker and they start laughing there's like a jingle bell going in the background because it's a christmas movie yeah of course <laughs> then then it's revealed then the camera there's a camera uh point of view that goes behind john yeah it pans down hands down revealing his his pistol with uh on his skin taped with uh, that christmas wrapping tape and then he shoots huey lewis square in the in the uh the forehead hit the b square he's gone then shoots Hans as well. You you could have done that better. I, I'm sorry, just do it. You, no, you could. He shot Huey Lewis, hip to be square in the forehead. Oh. It's hip to be square. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That did. How did I mess that up? Hip to be square in the forehead. And then, um, as as he shot Hans, Han, um, Hans grabs Holly. Yes. And um, 
As he grabs her, he falls out the window, but is is being held on by the Rolex watch. Well, he's got her. He's got her by the the wrist, mm-hmm. but he's basically got his hand on the Rolex, holding himself up. Mm-hmm. Which you know, once again, uh, you know, they that's why the whole reason that they added show him the watch earlier in the movie, yep. so that he ha- you know they could set up this falling scene at the end. Yes. Yes. So John's struggling to get the Rolex watch unclipped, and uh, that's when Hans, this is slow motion, he slowly gets the gun. He's going to take him out as he, you know, before he falls. John McClane is able to unlock the Rolex watch just in time, thereby causing Hans to fall to his death. Right. Really cool thing here is that when they were setting this up, they had it all where Rickman was going to perform the, the stunt himself. At the count of three, they were going to drop him. They dropped him at the count of two to get his natural reaction. Wow. Yeah. That, that was his natural reaction to falling. Yeah, I think so. Because <laughs> <laughs> he had like a, like a look of fear, fear of God. And as he's falling, Dwayne's, down, Dwayne's outside. Hope <laughs> that's not a hostage. Yeah. <laughs> After losing Well, the- we missed the other line where he's standing there and they blow up the top of the building and the, you know, the helicopter is like, I think we're going to need some more FBI guys. <laughs> it's like, so, so Dwayne just saw the FBI guys getting blown up and then just some guy falling. That's not a hostage. It's like everything's going to shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, and, and then um, the only other thing I, I wrote up about that, I think you cut it out, was the fact that it always, it, that sh- scene always reminds me of the first Batman movie where the Joker falls at the end of the, ja- at, at the end of that movie and I think I originally called it the Joker fall, but Joker the fall. truth of the matter is, is Die Hard came out a year before yeah. Batman. So I would assume that the Joker fall was actually inspired by mm-hmm. that fall. Yes. So, I, I mean, I don't know that to be true, but it definitely seems odd that does seem back-to-back odd. years they released movies where somebody falls off the side of a building it and is, they yeah. have a weird camera shot that shows it. Really, really interesting. So... So there's a calm after the storm as the first responders rush in. John exits the building with uh, Holly. And then I guess him and Al have a moment where they hug. Yeah. Um, and then suddenly Carl, Barry Wyndham, um, comes out of nowhere. And then you see and, and uh, John takes Holly to the ground. You hear a couple gunshots, and it's revealed that Al was able to pull his gun out and shoot Carl. Yeah. Dead. Carl? Carl, dead. And then uh, right afterwards, Argyle finally crashes out of the garage. Al's angles his guns towards him, but John's like, yeah, relax. This, this one's, one's with me. me. <laughs> <laughs> this one's it's with me. It's a dumb one. Yeah. It's such, this it's, one's with me. This one's with me. Yeah, come on, really. Because now he's gone from, I can't pull my gun out to shoot somebody, Don't to I'm went. now the Terminator. Terminator, blurry by this shit. <laughs> then um, Thornburg comes up the <laughs> Fucking Thornburg. Thornburg comes with the holly. He shoves the microphone in his face, and she ends up uh, just roundhousing him. He turns to Cameron and says, did you get that? Yeah, because every time something happens, he's like, did you get it? Did you get that? Did you get that? And at the end, he gets punched right in the face. Did you get that? <laughs> did you get that? Yeah. And then the, the, the uh, movie ends with uh, Light Snow. Yes, another Christmas another song. Another Christmas movie, and that is, that is Die Hard. Yeah, that's that's the whole kitten caboodle. Yeah, and we we did that. We did that. 
in an hour and 45 minutes. No way. It's two hours long so far, but the first 15 minutes being intro, hour and 45 minutes. My yeah, friend. and it was a two-hour and four-minute movie, yeah. I think. Yeah. It's, about, it's a little over two hours. And Robin Hood is two hours and 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> Wonderful. So, uh, uh, yeah. What is this nonsense? What, what stuff? I just I just put some movie facts Screenwriter D'Souza, who is the protagonist of Die Hard? It's Hans Gruber who plans the robbery. Why? Because he was the one that moved the action forward. And the protagonist usually drives the narrative. In this case, the antagonist, well, Hans Gruber is the one who drove the narrative. Oh. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's just yeah. So That's interesting it's an, it's way an to look at it. I, I would, don't know that I would have looked at it that way. And also, we mentioned this before, but this is a, and we both mentioned several times, actually, that this movie is, is really a way to tell an action movie. There's no wasted, well, no wasted scenes. No, this is not the typical action film where, you know, like, okay, so back in, you know, late 80s, early 90s, there would be just gratuitous topless scene here or there. Like like you were kind of bringing up in, bringing in PC Paul earlier in the movie. That's, that's not the case in this one. They yeah. actually, you know, adding in the topless scene actually furthered the narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh adding in everything that they put in, all these little pieces that they added in were not obvious at first, but they were all important to the narrative of the story. Right. Um, it, you know, other times when you watch an action film, what you would tend to see is you would see where the things would get put in and it was so goddamn blatant yeah. that you'd like, okay, well, that's obviously going to come up later. Yeah. And that would happen a lot in these type of movies. But that's not the case with Die Hard. It may actually be the case with some of the sequels to Die Hard, but not Die Hard itself. It's it's a well-put-together movie. It's a fantastic movie. Um, The name itself, though, didn't translate well into other countries. Oh, really? Die Hard um, in... in, um, well, I don't know that it's really it's, <laughs> Die Hard. How is that a yeah. a good name in America? I don't know, but in, in, in Spanish, the title is called The Crystal Jungle. Let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. What happened to the porn star? That got AIDS. Um, which one? He died hard. Oh. See, that was so bad. That was so bad, you got to cut it out. Oh, no, it stayed in there. <laughs> so the Spanish, I don't know. I was making it up on the spot. So I, did I, I had no say, choice. That's okay. That's okay. So the Spanish, the Spanish film was called Crystal Jungle. Crystal Jungle. Crystal Jungle. It gets worse. In Poland, it was called The Glass Trap. Mm. In Hungary, it was called Give Your Life Expensive. What? Yes, Give Your Life Expensive. I don't even think that makes sense. Oh, it gets better. And in Norway, it was called Action Skyscraper. That's a great name, though. Come on. Action Skyscraper? Yeah. Action Skyscraper. So there you it's go. It's a building, and it transforms into a robot. It's interesting. It's like a, a Pacific Rim. So there's Die Hard. Great movie. Yeah. Um... 
I, I think we have a tendency to even shit on the movies that we love. But we do that just because we're trying to be entertaining. But uh, This was a good one. This, this is, a, is a great, great movie. Uh, I think it's it's definitely, you know, a top ten movie for me. Yeah, it definitely um, pole vaults in a top ten ever watching after a few years. It definitely is a great movie, especially I watch Robin Hood. Like, after watching Robin Hood and going this, it's like, damn. Yeah, but everything's better after Robin yeah, Hood. everything. <clears throat> everything. Mr. Saturday Night Live is, is better than this. So. Uh, I don't know. So where are we going? <laughs> at? Saturday Live was so, horrible. So, so this is terrible. Yeah, Billy, Billy Crystal, Crystal sucks. Sucks. <laughs> sucks my ass. God, he's horrible. How he, oh. Give me one movie that you no. like Billy Crystal in. What do you mean? The movie itself or him in the movie? <sighs> okay, go with, the, with a movie that you like Billy Crystal in. Oh, well, there's no movie I like okay, Billy Crystal. Give okay, me, then give me a movie that's good that Billy Crystal is in. Princess Bride. Okay, all right. That's the only one I can think of. Well, yeah, but di- I don't know that he was bad in Chris- in Princess. No, he was annoying. He was just annoying. Eh. Just, he's. I didn't. I Max he, Miracle Max. Yeah, but he shares a scene with Carol Kane, which I love her. No. I've always loved her. Yeah, I had a weird fascination I'm with her. Sure, you did. I just did, man. I had a really, weird really weird one. Jane March. Holy cow! Jane March. I thought she was smoking. Yeah, holy She's crap. She's smoking. Oh, anyway. So where, where we go? So this, this is Die Hard. She's a handsome lady. She, she, so this movie is being released, the first two parts, I mean, the two parts is the uh, first two weeks of December. So what are we doing to finish off December? Uh, I think we're going to go with the classic 1984 version of A Christmas Carol. This is the one starring George C. Scott. Yes. I, I believe that this may be the movie that's been made the most times ever. Because A Christmas Carol is just... I mean, you could go as far as to say... You said you wanted to compare uh, this to... Um, a Wonderful Life. A Wonderful Life. And honestly, Wonderful Life isn't too far away from A Christmas Carol as a story in itself. No. I mean, it is, obviously, because you're saying, oh, what if I were not here? Well, this is what life would have been like if you didn't exist. Right. Um, which is a slightly different story arc, but it's, it's not too far not off. Not too far, correct, correct. But, uh, but yeah, we're doing 80, uh, 84 Christmas Carol, George C. Scott. You're probably going to be able to find this. Patton. On Patton. You're probably going to be able to, another, another thespian, another uh, classically trained actor. How many other movies do you remember him That's from? That's it, now? just that and, and, and Patton. Patton and, and Christmas Carol. Yeah. But, I mean, he's got to have been in a ton of other shit. Like, have, wasn't he in, like, an Exorcist movie or I something? I have no idea. I have no idea. No <sighs> idea. So, well, you'll probably be able to find this on AMC. Um, <clears throat> it always is. Um, or just, just buy on Blu-ray. But anyway... That's it for now. Yes. Hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to share us on what, just start following us. We want to get some more feedback. Yeah, feedback is more important than the actual following yeah. itself. I just want to see what you guys think yeah. uh, about these shows. I mean, <clears throat> are we going too long? Are we, yeah, you know, we need we, to cut it down. We need to know. Do we need to cut out all the really, really bad jokes about porn stars? Yeah. yeah dying well, hard? Yeah, dying hard. We need to do all that. But yeah, um, make sure to follow us on social media. We're around JB's Drive on Twitter, uh, SoundCloud and all that. And again, thank you for listening again. Uh, We'll see you at Christmas Carol. Yes.